What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have a young lady who's not only beautiful on the outside, but a true beauty on the inside. She is doing such a courageous work that she deserves more than a crown. It gives me great honor to introduce to you, Miss Terry Reed. From New Orleans to Indianapolis, you have seen and done a lot in your lifetime. You are an educator, a counselor, a certified coach, a lobbyist, and you have served on so many local uh, communities that, I'm sorry, local committees and boards that um, I don't even see how you even have time to even do this podcast, but I thank you. I I truly thank you. No, I appreciate you. And with all that being said, how do you even have time for you? Just for you. That's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I work on it. I work on it. I schedule myself. I try to schedule myself. It's like paying your tithes. You're supposed to do it first. And so um, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, honestly, because I, I, I try to remind myself to make sure that I put myself on the agenda. And uh, some of that may be uh, making sure I go to the gym to work out. And so there's a drop-in center there. And I'm now comfortable with that because it's usually the same moms that drop their children off. And so we do that. Um, and then um, I don't just finish working out and then go get her and go run to the next thing. I do um, budget in a little bit of time where I can just sit if I need to and do nothing or take care of uh, a task. Um, and so so that's what I try to do. Sometimes <laughs> that's not the case. So like last week, I missed myself by the time I got to Friday. Um, I was so well spent. Um, because I realized I had budget every minute with my daughter, with my husband, with everything else that I had not taken time with myself. And so I really missed me by the time I got to Friday, but I really do try to intentionally put myself on my own agenda. You know, it's funny you even said that, you know, on my vision board, that is like one of my things that I have on there is every day make time to do something just for me. Yes. Something. Absolutely. I don't Absolutely. care if it, I don't care if it is, it's just sitting there and watch a 30 minute television show, something. Absolutely. Cause w- one of the things that I realized, cause I started like a self-love journey last year that I've been on for, well, actually 2019, I've been on for now over a year, mm-hmm. um, is that even when we go, uh, ladies will go and get their nails done. They might be on the cell phone talking to this person and not really present with yourself. And so I have started putting the cell phone away and just enjoying getting my nails done or getting my feet done um, so that I can be recharged and renewed because what it ends up being is a task. Another thing that I have to do, another thing that I have to do, even taking care of myself is a task, it's a chore. And so I've tried to, whenever I'm doing these self-care things, to not make them task-oriented and be present with myself in that moment. So That's true. That is very true. If, when I do get the toes worked on, I'm still working. Yes. 
can't really do too much for my nails because then my nail tech look at me like, please stop. And I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. Now, you mentioned the workout thing. I want to bring up that you used to be, or are you still a Zumba instructor? I don't teach any classes um, uh, right now, uh, but uh, I still, you know, am a uh, um, have a certificate for to do the Zumba. Um, I love to dance. I love dancing. I love Zumba though. It's so much fun. Um, it's it's really not about choreography as much as it is just losing yourself in the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ain't that it? Yeah, keep that's that it. body. Gotta keep that body moving. You do. Yep. And this month uh, is uh, we're, uh, there's a lot of awareness going about um, heart awareness for women. And uh, and I'm actually considering putting together a little video of me doing some moves uh, to encourage women to move this month and for the rest of your life to keep your heart healthy. Oh, you should. Now, where are you going to put that on? Are you going to put it on Facebook, Instagram? Probably Facebook. <laughs> You're not gonna put on Instagram. You should put on Instagram too, because you know everybody's doing something on Instagram. That some is kind so of, true. That's some true. Kind of I'll load it real to Instagram or something. as well. Yeah, let me know because I'm I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna share it. <laughs> okay. Now, um, it seems like in your journey in, that you um, uh, have done a lot of things in your life and have been through a lot of things in your life. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that you've been through was um, pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. And you've turned that into not only your testimony, but into a work. Can you share that with everybody? Yes, I can. Um, it's one of the, the uh, many things that I have been through in my life. And, uh, and, and I believe that um, God chose this time for me to uh, um, um, talk about it because honestly, I hadn't talked about it uh, to anybody over the last uh, 10 plus years. Um, but I uh, had an ectopic pregnancy that exploded um, and, um, and it went uh, undetected, uh, which many of them do. But however, I did bring up concerns with my doctor that um, I felt uh, um, movement is how I described it. Activity um, was one of the things I used. And, um, and I thought that I was pregnant in my tubes, but my HGC, believe it is levels were uh, at the, at the right place, according to her. So she didn't think that I was, but I was. And so uh, my tube exploded was no saving it. Um, and when the, uh, paramedics, uh, when they came to get me, I remember my niece was there and I have to always say that my niece was there because I had a, a, a young girl present, um, as my only help. And I'm, and, and so, uh, she called, uh, 911, they came in and, uh, and I'm on all fours because, and I was in excruciating pain. Mm. And then they loaded me up into the ambulance and they're just doing their thing. They're talking and they're laughing and I'm in pain. And I tell them, you know, I had a miscarriage and they're like, oh no, you're fine. You know, and, and I know what's going on in my body. And, and I will say women, we know what's going on with our body and we have to advocate for ourselves irregardless to what's going on. And I, I didn't do that as much, did it enough, but, um, but I could have done more. So once I got to the hospital, um, you know, I checked in, I had my emergency stuff. My niece had uh, my insurance information, everything to give to the people. Um, however, they refused my insurance. Um, they refused to take it. They had me sitting in that emergency room 
uh, for uh, an extended period of time. Um, I finally asked my niece to grab my cell phone so I can call my uh, primary physician. And when I called her, I said to her that I'm being discriminated against and, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not being treated and I'm going to die in here if somebody doesn't come and see about me. And so she requested to have a specialist to come in and then they um, uh, sent me in to have an ultrasound. Uh, the ultrasound tech, she was all, you know, smiling and she was nice to me. And she was, you know, you know, talking about the baby that, you know, she thought was there. Mm-hmm. And then when she put the uh, 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 the device on my stomach to be able to see the baby, it was, all she saw was uh, abdomen full of blood and her face just went cold. Um, and so from there, that was the last thing I remembered. I, there was surgery, woke up the next morning, um, to some very, uh, disrespectful and nasty nurses who were very rude to me, um, because I could not do the, um, exercise that they have you do to get up and walk around to show that you are healing properly. I mm-hmm. could not do that. And they, they thought, you know, they, they treated me as if I was lying. Um, and so the doctor, I didn't know who he was. Um, he decided that he would come by just to see me. Really turned over to the doc to the hospital just to come and see me before I was discharged, just so he could know where I was, and then if I wanted to follow up with him, I could. Um, and so uh, he came by, and I shared with him what I shared with the nurses. And um, and I remember, you know, he had labs ran, but I remember him coming back into the room and saying to me that I should have died because I needed a, a massive blood transfusion. When he hmm. operated, he operated uh, hours after I had been there with intake information. And so I could have died. Um, uh, one in a topic pregnancy could kill you period. Um, but then I could have died because of their negligence. And so, um, it was very, uh, traumatic experience that I kept in the inside for a lot of shame. Um, and then, um, how I'm conditioned to just, you know, uh, weather the storm of life. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm naturally a, a very private person. And so, um, when I decided to be a part of this pageant and I was thinking about, you know, what's my platform going to be? And I'm an educator, could have been education. I do diversity, uh, and, uh, inclusion training. I also do leadership training. All of that would have been very easy. However, what brought me to uh, being a part of a pageant was my daughter and wanted to make sure that she knew that she was enough and that, uh, that, uh, she could live the most free life that is possible. And that was something that I felt like I was still in bondage about. Um, it was still affecting me and I was still grieving privately. And, um, and so I said, I'm going to choose that first to minister to myself, second to help other people. And, um, and, you know, I said yes to God, but honestly, when I said yes, I did not see Whirly Girl Church Girl in the future <laughs> in me on a podcast telling everybody my business. I didn't right. See that. Right. Um, and and I'm and sometimes, you know, I, I was actually just sharing that uh in a seminar that I was doing with at my church that, you know, we sometimes just need to give God a yes and not think about step two, three, four, and five because mm-hmm. we'll talk ourselves out of it. Mm-hmm. And so um, every time so I, Amen. And I'm I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. Because uh, I could talk about it and not fall apart um, and cry. And, and not because of a cry and despair, but just talking about it. Like, how could anyone go through this type of situation? Um, so I'm, I'm just very thankful uh, to this, to the Mrs. Indiana American pageant for giving me this, this opportunity. Um, but I'm thankful to my Lord and Savior for pushing me um, and uh, to put myself out there. Yes, because 
you know, as I shared with you on my live, you know, I never told anybody, you know, what happened to me when I was, I just graduated from high school and, you know, you know, I've never been with anybody before and decided that I was going to do something, be grown and, um, got pregnant and, um, ended up having a miscarriage and, but for about three months, maybe four, the first month they heard the heartbeat and second month, the heartbeat was very faint, but around the towards, they were just was like, well, maybe the baby moved, you know, you know, then, you know, that's, it's fine. That's normal. And then that we didn't hear a heartbeat at all. And they was like, well, maybe the baby moved and we'll, we'll hear it next month. It, they just kind of just kept pushing me to the side. Yeah. And then, then they found out, well, we'll do an ultrasound. And then when well, they was like, oh, well, okay, well, kind of like, oh, well, either you'll pass it or give us a call in a couple weeks and then we'll do, we'll schedule for a DNC, but still push to the side. Just yes. no, no real compassion, no, no, no real anything. Yeah. And, and just, I was devastated. I was no, like, here's a pamphlet to help you to cope with this. And no, um, those, you know, I, I talked to a counselor about your situation and none of that. I didn't have the, those options. And was, was it, either. was was it because I was black? Maybe because I was young, possibly. Yeah. Both probably, <laughs> you, <Yes>. you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was just another statistic, young black girl. But you know, my mother was a was a nurse. My daddy was a a veteran. You know, but he was you know in the workforce. You know, so it wasn't like I was just some ratchet girl that just didn't know about any better. I just I made a mistake. Yeah. So, but you know, it was traumatizing. Absolutely. And, and everything in your story is, is, is uh, the signs of today and this, this push and legislation for better health care for mothers, black moms, because mm-hmm. there were so many warning signs in your pregnancy that they really should have paid attention to for you, um, not being able to truly hear the baby heartbeat and stuff. And so, um, you know, uh, that's tragic. All of that is tragic. And, and having to carry a baby that has passed away, and then they tell you that you're going to pass it. Um, yeah. uh, as if, you know, it's a baby, you know, you know, that's very difficult and stuff. And, and um, it's very difficult. And you've probably grown attached to your baby and, thought about mm. how your baby's going to grow up. Um, how you know, had the idea, you know, put the nursery in this, then, and then what makes it even worse is how the community treats you yes. after the fact, too. Yes. The, Absolutely. well, you get the, um, well, it's probably for the best community. You yes. get the, well, get over it group. Yes. yes. And you get the, um, even the, the God's will group, maybe yes. it is God's will, but still, I'm, I'm still dealing with a lot of pain, people. <laughs> yes. Or you just get the callous people like, oh, well, and it's, 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 it's messy. It really or, is. Or you get just the, the cold hearted people. I actually have people like 
um, have newborn babies and try to force me to hold them. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and if you had, uh, um, been miscarrying in the hospital, you probably would have been on the postpartum ward or in the labor and delivery ward uh, with other women who have had kids and you get to hear those babies crying mm-hmm. and those parents, you know, that's traumatic. Enjoy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's very traumatizing. Yeah. So what are the biggest misconceptions people have about women who do go through this? That you can bounce back and you can replace a kid and, uh, and that, um, and that you can get over it. I think that's one of the, the big, uh, uh, misconceptions about people have miscarriages. That's something that's wrong with them, uh, medically, not knowing that this is something that, uh, occurs a lot. One in four pregnancies, uh, in, in a miscarriage, um, stillborn issues is an issue is about 24,000 stillborn babies, uh, each year. Um, and they're about, I think 3,500 sleep related, uh, incidents of babe, infants dying. And so we, there is a maternal health crisis in America and it continues to get worse and COVID-19 didn't do anything better with it. And so it's not um, the fact that something is wrong with this woman. Some women do have issues that prevent them from being able to get pregnant. Um, but oftentimes it has nothing to do with the woman at all. Um, but this idea that a child can be replaced, that you should absolutely get over it. Um, that's, that is, 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 is not the case for many people, uh, maybe for some, but not for many people. And then some of the things that you talked about, the things that people say, whether they are well-intended, um, statements, um, um, from loving people, or if it's malicious intent, uh, the outcome often is the same. And if, uh, for those who are listening that are well-intended individuals, the last thing that we want to do is to create more grief and isolation for that mom or that dad, um, where that grief turns into despair to the place of suicide or detachment from God um, or themselves, uh, whatever the case may be, or substance abuse, we don't want that to happen. And that is very, very possible um, that that can happen in grief. I don't think that people really, one of the misconceptions, I think think that people don't realize uh, that when you get pregnant, and um, and you begin to love that child. You love that child until the day they die. And that in your head is 100, 200 years, okay? And so you've probably planned out their wedding. You've planned out they're going to college or not going to college. You've planned out your first fight as mother and daughter and what you're going to wear. You planned it all out. And so when you lose that child, you lose all of those things, like a divorce, like being, you know, widowed, like losing a parent um, out of term. I mean, it, it is one of the most tragic things that could happen to an individual. And so um, I don't think people take into consideration of that attachment that happens um, and you don't stop unconditional love. You don't stop loving simply because uh, 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 God designed it where that child would not come um, into this world. Um, The child had purpose and the purpose might've been for one day, three weeks, three months, there still was purpose in that life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now you mentioned, um, Um, Well, we both mentioned people and what they should or shouldn't do. Absolutely. What, 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 what advice would you give to people of how to console someone in that situation? You know, someone, if you know, 
so so there's the two things, you know, if you know. And then there's also if you don't know. There are things that, that are said in society that just should never be said because you don't know. But if you do know, uh, words can never express what you're going through because even if we've been through the same thing, we don't handle it the same way. Um, it didn't hit us the same exact way. Um, it's different. And so just honoring that person's experience as their own is one thing that you can do. Talk about it. Don't be silent. Um, tell me about your child. What did you name your baby? Um, let them get to a place of being able to share the good things about the baby moving or whatever the case may be, you know, if that's the place where they are. Um, uh, just uh, um, being there for them. Um, after a person has had a loss and they're in grief, um, they are going to need care. They will need food afterwards. So make some food for them and bring it over. Don't ask them, uh, what do you need? Now they have to figure out what they need on top of you know, everything else mm -hmm. is going on in mind, them blaming themselves or whatever the case may be. But, you know, just being active and present uh, in that person's life is so, so important. And then the other part, if you don't know, because there's a lot of if you don't know, because this is really private, um, unless if the person shared with everybody that they were pregnant, a lot of times people don't know for miscarriage, stillbirth, maybe something else. Um, neonatal death, um, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, if you do know that applies to that. But if you don't know, you know, I have one thing that I post on my Facebook, you know, try not to say to someone, you don't understand because you don't have children. Well, they may have a kid in heaven. You don't know that. And so, mm -hmm. uh, or asking people, when are you going to have children? Um, they may have been trying for six years to have kids and can't and are, are dying in the inside because of that. So some of these assumptions that we make um, and place upon people, you know, we should try our best to not to make those assumptions. Mother's Day is, is going to be coming up in May. Um, be very sensitive to people who you don't have children because even individuals who have never, may have never experienced infant loss, they have may have mothered so many kids and have loved them with everything in the inside of them and to discredit them and the love that they have um, is very unfair. And so we just should be very uh, sensitive about what and how we say things to people. You know, that's a very good point. I never thought about that for women who are trying to have children and Mother's Day come around. That's got to be painful. Very painful. Very I never, painful. I never thought about very that. Painful. It was very painful for me. Very painful. Very painful. <laughs> wow. Never thought about that. Or Father's Day. I ain't, think, I, yeah, I ain't discount you daddies either. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Never thought about that. I'm sorry. Yes. All you mothers out there that that's a mother at heart. That's right. Yeah. That's a mother at heart. Cause I mean, we don't, we don't think about that. There, mm -mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's normalization of society. There's certain things, uh, very well intended, um, that happens that we do. And we just don't think about that that woman that's trying to conceive or 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 maybe she's not maybe she's 35 40 years old and never been married mm -hmm. and she's never been married so she's never and she and she saved herself all of the good stuff and, mm -hmm. but yet still that that did not uh, uh um quiet her desires to be a mother that's why she's over the young people and that's why she's right know, all of this stuff plus part of sunshine band and the <laughs> Yeah, the young people's choir. I'm like, why are you just doing all the young people stuff? Oh, I yep. can't do it. <laughs> yes, because they're living out a part of, possibly living out a part of their life.
Mm -hmm. The thing cannot birth in real life, you know, as far as biologically. And Mm -hmm. so just need to be very um, considerate of that. You know, there's something that someone people used to say to me all the time because um, I had my niece for a while and I I loved her just like I love my daughter right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And people would tell me it's different. It's going to be different. It's going to be real different. And it is not. Now that I have my own, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not. I Mm -hmm. loved her like she was my daughter. Um, uh, because she was my daughter, uh, my right. niece's daughter, my sweet niece's daughter. She was unique in that way. And uh, my sister was sweet enough to share her with me. And so, um, uh, and I had, now I have a, a, a daughter. I actually see her, my daughter in her, or her and my daughter. And so uh, the love is the same. So I would say, I say that to say, uh, it's not the same. That's another thing that people should not say. It's not the same. You don't know. You don't know what's in a person's heart. You really don't know. And there are lots of adoptive families, foster families. That love is real. That love is absolutely real. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the term rainbow baby. Yes. Or rainbow child. Because that's usually the baby that comes after a miscarriage or a loss of a baby. After tragedy. Uh, After tragedy. Yes. The promise or the gift. Yes. Um. How now when your rainbow rainbow baby came, how how far off was that from your loss of your baby? Uh it was about uh 14, 15 years. Really? Uh-huh. Now were you trying to get pregnant or it, it was, was about a surprise? From the ectopic pregnancy. I've had a couple of other miscarriages at the beginning of our marriage. Um uh, really? we've been there for six years. Yes. And um um and so I believe we had a, uh, it had been a minute. Um, and I was not attached to those miscarriages at all, not emotionally attached at all. Um, and, uh, my pregnancy was very unique. I wasn't one of those, you know, I'm excited and just, you know, it was not, I was very sick throughout the pregnancy, but because of my first loss, I detached from the idea of being attached to any kind of pregnancy um, mm-hmm. in order to protect myself and my feelings. And so uh, the other miscarriages that I had, I just was not attached to them at all. Um, it didn't, it did not have that kind of effect on me as the first um, uh, uh, miscarriage that I had or type of pregnancy that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was very difficult. She was planned. Um, she was planned. Uh, like, a year or so before I started contacting doulas um, because I knew I was going to need a whole army around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I wanted professionals around me because I, I knew that I had not um, truly explored my feelings from that first loss. Um, and so we did that. Um, I had uh, got tested and had a histopingogram to make sure that my, my tube was open. We did all the things and all the education. Yeah. and everything before we began to uh, try to conceive. And there's some other aspects um, uh, that my husband would have to share that, that he would feel comfortable with sharing mm-hmm. um, uh, within our journey to, to uh, get pregnant with my, my daughter. But um, once we made it up in our mind that uh, this is what we wanted to do, uh, and, and I um, um, allow God to be God in my life because sometimes we don't, you know, we believe in God, but we don't always let him be God. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when I decided to let him be God in my life, um, uh, it is, 
and I shared this before, and it's, it's so funny, people. But he told me when when I was ready to conceive, he told me when, when it was, and and stuff, and uh, and we ended up being pregnant, and uh, and I knew pretty early because of my mood swings. I was just, like crying, uh, hmm. uh, and I'm not really one to truly cry, and so uh, so we were excited about it. But it was very difficult emotionally, even choosing to be pregnant with another baby was very emotional um, because I still was grieving in the inside um, from uh, the first uh, loss that I had. Baby mm-hmm. name would have been Elizabeth, uh, would have been Elizabeth. And so um, very difficult. Trying to conceive after a loss um, uh, is, is, is a blessing and it may be exciting, um, but it brings up uh, other trauma um, yeah. for some parents. And, uh, and so and it did for me. Fear. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fear, fear of, of losing the baby. That could be mm-hmm. part of it. Um, I didn't have that fear. Um, well, I had those concerns going in. So I had a transvaginal ultrasound advocated for that to make sure the baby was in the right place. Once mm-hmm. it was in the right place, I didn't have that concern of losing the baby. Um, uh, um, that wasn't, that wasn't my thing. Plus I was too, I had so many aches, pains and uh, strep B and, uh, and, and everything that else to, to deal with. <laughs> Um, my thing was, was that other kid was just, just the other kid. I would sit down and in the chair that I purchased for Elizabeth and, uh, and just go back through that. You're not here, you know, type of Mm -hmm. situation or Mm -hmm. even the, um, you know, I never went as far a full conversation with God, but it would come, you know, the baby that God chose to be here and the baby that God did not, I just would have moments, um, uh, and, and, um, and stuff. And so, and just grieve, yeah, grieving. My concern was fear of dying in delivery. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, that was my fear—fear fear of dying in delivery. Really? And, uh, yes, really, uh, because that was my situation. Was my was I almost died because of the baby being, you know, moved out of my body. And so I had a true fear of um, dying in delivery. And so I wanted to make sure that I knew everything that I, I could know. And so I remember there was one doctor who uh, was dismissive when we were, when I was going through the rotations of meeting all the doctors and um, was very dismissive and, um, and uh, overlooked the fact that I had high blood pressure on that day. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> that mm, right. Mm. was So many red flags and, uh, and triggered just, you. Yeah, yeah, it did. It definitely triggered me seriously. And I called my doula up and we just, you know, I talked through it all and we processed through it all and, uh, and just, you know, got me to a, a good place. Um, and, uh, you know, to go back through the rotation and stuff. And so, you know, for everybody is different how they, um, um, uh, handle being, uh, pregnant after a loss. Some people, they need to hear the heartbeat constantly, um, uh, in order to know that the child is there because of this situation, like maybe like your situation where there was no heartbeat at some point in time. And now you're thinking, you know, I should have, be- I, you know, I just thought the baby was just moved. It was just quiet and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my, that was my thing dying in, 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 uh, in, um, in, de- in, in, in delivery. And, and to be honest with you, it's, it's not necessarily a fear right now, but it's still very real because African-American mothers <laughs> die at a right. higher rate than their peers. 
um, for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, and much of it has to do with unconscious bias. And so, uh, so that is a reality for an African-American mother and other uh, people of color are, are, are experiencing it as well. And so it's, it's not off the table for me. Um, uh, it's just probably not as much of a controlling, uh, thing within my life. That raised when I had my um third child, my daughter. Mm-hmm. I remember my my um my water broke a little bit, mm-hmm. and I told the doctor I was like, you know, I think my water broke some, and it was like, yeah. no, that's impossible. Like, no, it it, it broke a little bit because it was still kind of early, mm-hmm. and it was like, no, I don't that that's impossible. I'm like, no, it broke a little bit, so. Yeah. They did the ultrasound. They took. They came back. They was like, it did leak. I'm like, I told you, it leaked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they said, but it sealed back up. I'm like, I told you, that's what happened. Why wouldn't y'all believe me? I would. Why would I make this up? So they had me. They put me on bed rest, and um, they said if I spike a fever, come back immediately. So about maybe three weeks later, my I had like a fever, like 103. Or mm-hmm. some change, so I went back, <clears throat> and they could not get my fever down, and it just so happened that th- it wasn't my doctor; it was like the emergency doctor that was like mm-hmm. did me. And my doctor, who she was awesome, she was like, you know, she was going on vacation. She was like, "Don't have this baby while I'm on vacation." I was like, "Well, don't go on vacation." She went on vacation, and sure enough, that's when I had to go back to the hospital. And when I went back, um the doctor that she had uh, to watch me while she was gone was like, well, if we don't get your fever down, one, two things going to happen. We're going to have to take your baby or you probably just die and we'll just have to take the baby. And she laughed and walked out the room. Oh no. Me and my husband then looked at each other and was like, was that supposed to be a joke? I mean, if we just kind of sat there and was like, what, was she serious? Or And then if she wasn't serious, that's not funny. But she was serious. And because, you you know, St. Vincent, you know, the, their motto is, is, you know, if we got to choose, it's the baby. So it was just like, are you kidding me? So because, you know, you can't take anything like medicine wise down your throat when you're pregnant. So they had to give me Tylenol, you know, in the rectum or whatever mm-hmm. to try to get wow. my temperature down. And they got it down just enough. And my, um, and my daughter finally, they finally got my, um, service to finally started to started, finally started opening up to where the baby finally started to come. And she finally came out. But as soon as she came out, my, Fever spiked up again. So they had to take the baby away. And I couldn't see my baby for like three days. But it was just like, why was that funny? It was just like, are you serious? But it, but again, if we were thinking, <laughs> we would have took different measures to that yes. comment, asked for a different doctor or something. But, you know, if my regular doctor was there, that wouldn't have happened. Yes. But, yeah. So, yeah, it, it just, again, was it because we were a black couple? Maybe. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, I, I, who knows? You know, was, I, I really, it's biased, no matter what it is. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's biased and, and it's bias is dangerous in medicine. Um, yeah. and so, um, um, it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. And I, I know, um, you know, the, 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 the word racism is very alarming to, um, some people and, and the term unconscious bias, it seems to be a little bit easier to digest. But at the end of the day, if the outcome is the same, it doesn't matter if you are a well-intended person that made them, that discriminated against somebody, um, because of what's in the, what's what's uh, in the environment and you were just going along with it um, or whether or not if you are malicious or not uh, if if a person's being harmed that's what matters is the fact that they're being harmed so we have to cut it out unconscious bias racism all of that has no place in medicine um, every doctor signs up to do no harm to a patient mm-hmm. and they really should, should hang up uh, uh, their their coat if they can't um, adhere to that and nurses and other professionals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but you know, again, it just goes to the fact of uh, the fear of, you know, have, dying just from having a baby. Just, yes. from, yeah, but so, yeah. But with all that being said, I commend you on this work, especially on a subject that that is really not really touched on or spoken up for. Um, Cause there is so many different aspects of um, God race racism on so many different levels that the, and, and sexism and, and it's like a, a double tundra. I mean, to be a black woman <laughs> and, and to be a black woman and, and to, and to lose a, and to deal with that type of trauma. Yes. You know, you know, since, since I have, um, started to talk about it and put myself out there and, and, uh, and, uh, share my platform sheet, um, with, uh, everyone who would receive it, uh, people have been responding back and say, saying, sharing their stories. And, uh, and I feel very privileged to receive somebody's story. But what really um, um, takes me back is when someone I know shares their story. And I'm like, I've known you for 10 years. I, you know, I had no clue, you know, you mm-hmm. know, this is my sister. I mean, I like, I, you know, it, it just, it's baffling to me. Um, uh, just, I know it's, it happens a lot, but to know that, um, I don't have to search for somebody. I mean, I really don't have to search for people. Um, it's, it's several people and it's, it's, uh, across, um, all ethnicities. And so, uh, uh, that has been the biggest thing. Like I reached out to someone to partner with them and they were like, this would be great because we just buried, um, uh, our stillborn uh, grandchild. And I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Wow. Um, and we were reaching out, not even to talk about pregnancy infant loss. I've been trying to intersect it with fitness and finance and everything else because I believe in reaching the whole person. And 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 each person that uh, I felt led to say, hey, you want to partner with me on this, came back and said, you know, this is really great because this is what we're dealing with. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. Wow. Because it's sad because I could probably name, I will not, but I could probably name 
three people right now yeah. that I know yeah. has either had a miscarriage yes. or have had two stillborns. Yes. Yes. And 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 it's you know they have to go through this and I don't know if they got the psychological help they needed to go through it. They just gotta go through it. Yeah. They and do. deal and just deal with it and with internally and and probably don't even realize that this is something and I hate to say it, they probably for the first time are just knowing, finding out about my story because yes. I never shared it with them. Yeah. And to think that you could have been a, a great support to each other. Um, yeah. there's, there is something about connecting with people who understand um, to a degree what you're going through. It makes it easier um, um, to talk to them. And also uh, you just feel understood. And, uh, and, and if you're crying, you're not looked at like you're crazy or they don't say the, 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 the crazy stuff to you, you know, and it just makes it easier to get through. And so with that being said, you know, I, I highly encourage um, individuals, especially individuals within the African-American community um, to reach out for help. There's lots of help. Uh, I'm going to give a website. It's Amos Anchors. Um, it's Indiana's uh, website um, uh, founded by um, a young lady. Uh, uh, Kristen is her name and she manages just out of, out of her heart. Um, uh, she suffered um, um, loss as well. Um, and so which, what she does, is she lists all of the organizations throughout the state of Indiana and she has national organizations as well for support groups um, for, uh, for a variety of um, um, different things that they may need, whether it's food, um, support groups, whether or not if you had um, um, a stillborn uh, baby and funeral services are needed. Um, there are photographers that give their services for free as well, where they will come in and they will take pictures. Uh, Indiana Cuddlecott um, is one organization that provides uh, um um, I forget exactly what is what it what it is called, but the cuddle cot keeps the baby cool so that they can extend the life and give more time with the uh, with the family. And so you don't they just won't just take the baby right away. So there's lots of um, resources that are out there that can uh, make this situation um, uh, a little bit um, I won't say easier, but but to to help you as you're going through. It. And the thing about it is, is that we never know. Well, we don't know, and we never know we're going to need something because you could be in a hospital, like we talked about our situations, that, that will not give you a pamphlet. And so you have to know that this exists. And so I'm hoping that someone is listening um, that has never had a loss before, but they want to know this information so they can give it to someone else who might have a loss um, or if they experience a loss in the future. Amen. Um, I want to switch gears just a little yes. bit. Yes. So what is going on with you June 5th? Yes. So June 5th, uh, 2021 in South Bend, Indiana will be the Mrs. Indiana America pageant. I will have the privilege of representing Central Indiana as Mrs. Central Indiana 2021. Um, and the actually we, we go down on June 4th and then the pageant itself is on the 5th. And so uh, I am very excited uh, about the pageant. The pageant has a few categories. One is swimsuit. 
the other is uh, um, evening gown and then there is an interview and then we also have like opening numbers and stuff like that that we do the whole uh, show and so it will be a lot of fun um, a lot of fun I'm excited about it before the pageant starts uh, there will be an opportunity for people to vote for me voting has not yet opened I don't think it will open until April, May. Um, and so I will share that information with you when that time comes. Um, I hope that people vote for uh, me, <laughs> whoever their favorite is. I hope I'm, I'm voting. <laughs> I'm voting for you. And, and let me tell you what voting does. So uh, by voting for your uh, favorite person, um, uh, one that gives that person an award for being fan favorite. And there's another uh, fabulous face is what they call it. Uh, but also the person who wins that is placed in the seventh position. So you, you will give me an edge uh, in being able to win the competition. So that's why you, your vote counts. I'm voting for you. You already <laughs> Thank know. Thank you. Yeah. You already know. <laughs> um, so what's your talent going to be? There is no talent. There is no talent. <laughs> However, I don't know what it would be. You know, you know, honestly, I haven't done it in a while, but I, I actually do spoken word as well, poetry. Okay. Uh, um, I come, you know, I, I'm Generation X. And so we yes. live in a household where, so where my sisters and brothers, they danced, they rapped, we did all mm -hmm. of it. Right. And so, um, um, so I, I would probably do that. Um, you know, I could dance as well. Um, I, w I wouldn't be singing though. You know, that's for the choir, only for the choir. Okay. <laughs> so how can people contact you? Um, I am on Facebook um, at Mrs. Central Indiana 2021. Also on Instagram at Mrs. Central Indiana 2021. And my website is my name, TyreeReed.com. Um, so you can find me there as well. Uh, so I hope that you connect with me and encourage me, challenge me. If you're going to connect with me on social media, message me talk to me um help me to come outside of my comfort zone because before the pandemic i shut down facebook i had been off of it for a while um um because um that's not really my 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 i'll, I'll say jam let me age myself um that's not really my thing <laughs> that's and not so, a jam <laughs> somebody said I, I, somebody one of my friends said it on facebook and and now it's in my head but um but challenge me to continue to step outside of my comfort zone and to talk to you and not just about pregnancy and infant loss, but about whatever's going on with you because social media needs to be more than just the negative things that come up our timeline and stuff. Let's laugh together. Let's enjoy life together. So. Amen. Amen. I get tired. <laughs> I get tired of news feeds and all that. Like, can y'all put some ha ha on here, please? Yes, please do. That's Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, are you ready for your last question? Okay. Yes. All right. My last question. Okay. Now, on the show, you know, your last question was uh, who you have play you? Yes. Okay. Because that was a visual show. Now, this is a listening show. So this okay. question is a little different. Now, if you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Okay, I'm the person that whatever comes to my head. So what came to my head was I'm a survivor. Okay. Um, and and that, that truly is me. That definitely is me 100%. Yep. Okay. You you talking about you talking about Destiny Child? I'm a survivor, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I had, I had to make sure. I'm like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. 
All right, so are, so you uh, doing the whole video in your in your, in your head, uh, uh, just the what? Yeah, the you video heard that song. Okay, okay. As soon as you said it, I started. My hand went up in the air, and I started singing it. <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, I got to commit to it since it came in my head." <laughs> okay, <laughs> got to fully commit. <laughs> Well, I cannot thank you enough, and we are definitely gonna stay in touch, and we're gonna yes. stay connected, and which means you're gonna be back on both platforms, cause we're gonna <laughs> celebrate your win. Yes, I mean, and you can make your daughter upset with your crown on again. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> like, mommy, what are you doing? You doing the most? What's, what's that? Where's mine? <laughs> okay, you can give her the uh, the crown you have now when you get your bigger crown. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Terry, for being on the show. I cannot tell you how honored and proud I am to have you on my show. And I cannot wait to see all the great things that you're going to do. And most of all, I can't wait to say that you won your crown. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. And did you know... Worldly Church Girl has gone live. You can catch me on Facebook, YouTube, and even on Twitch. All you got to do is type in Worldly Church Girl. Bam, there I am. And if you haven't done it already, hit that subscription button so you will never miss another episode. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.